What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht, and I teach insurance agents how to quote less, win more often, and build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. Whether you're a brand new producer just starting out or you've been grinding it out year after year, you're in the right place to learn how to grow your book. I teach insurance producers my step-by-step 12X framework that helps you get the incumbent agent fired and you hired. After all, why waste time quoting when you can win with one signature? If you're looking for a proven system to help you 12X your book of business, then visit my website at www.12x.club to see how it's done. Otherwise, kick back, turn up the volume, and remember, quoting is for the week. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. What's up, Permission Nation? My name is Charles Specht. I am your host here at the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. And let me just tell you, I am excited about the topic that I'm going to be talking about here in this third episode. This third episode, we're going to be talking about something that is very controversial. Man, let me just tell you, when I post something about this particular topic on LinkedIn, the haters come out in droves. Let me just tell you, the haters, the trolls, man, they come out in droves. And it is it has to do with this. Should you, as an insurance agent, ask for or even demand a broker of record letter, a signed broker of record letter, during the very first meeting with your prospect? Should you, at the very first meeting with your prospect, not the third, not the second, not the seventh meeting, the very first time you're sitting down with the prospect, should you require a signed broker of record letter on the current policies or on any other policies that you want to go after? So what do you think? What do you think you should do? Should you ask for the business on that first call? Okay. Obviously, I talk about broker record letters a lot, and there is not necessarily a hard, fast rule on this. However, I would tell you that I come from the position that you better ask for the business on that first appointment because it's going to tell you everything you need to know about your relationship going forward. Yes, ask for the broker record letter on that first appointment. Obviously, however, you're not going to ask for the broker of record letter for the current policy if it's with a direct writer, and obviously you can't access it, or if it's with a carrier that you don't represent. Um, however, there's a whole lot of other carriers out there that you can be asking for broker of record letters on. So I would suspect, as an example, let's say you're going to go and sit down, you're going to meet with a, um, a mobile non-emergency transportation company. Okay, where they come and they actually pick up their patients, they drive those patients to doctor's offices and so forth. You're going to be meeting with a company that does that. So I would suspect there's probably just maybe a handful of carriers out there who are writing it. There's not too many of them. I don't think that's an industry where the insurance carriers are beating down your doors to write that business. So there's just a small number of them that are out there. You better have access to them if you're going to actually try to even compete, right? And so one of the nice things about even being micro-niched is that you will have a really good feel, a handle, a grasp on which insurance carriers are writing that business. And if you ask for the business, listen to this, I'm just telling you, This is probably going to save you so much time. 
If you ask for the broker of record letters on the policies that you want to represent going forward, including the current carrier, if the insured tells you no, man, you have learned a lot. You have learned so much about where your relationship is right now with that prospect, but more significantly, and this is really the heart of the issue, you have learned about how strong of a relationship the incumbent agent has. Okay, here, we're going to talk about this going forward, but if you're meeting with your prospect, you need to be asking the right types of questions in that meeting with your prospect. You're no doubt you're going to spend a lot of time doing your prospecting beforehand. You're going to be doing your cold calls, your email, social media, walk-in visits, networking, texting, sending direct mail, whatever you're going to be doing for your prospecting. You set that appointment. You're sitting down with the decision maker. While you're in that actual meeting with the decision maker, and I'm not going to get too far into this type of subject matter because we're going to talk about it in the future, but when you're sitting down with your prospect, what do you say? What do you say to your prospects during that meeting? Let me just tell you, I think most insurance agencies, or rather insurance agents, producers, have no clue exactly what they're going to be saying during that meeting. Again, they're just in the chicken business. They're winging it. They're just kind of showing up, and they're just talking about this and that, and never really getting to the heart of the issue. They're just happy somebody wants to meet with them. That's foolish. Stop doing that. You need to be actually a professional. You need to sit down and decide which probing questions you're going to ask your decision maker, your prospect. You really need to uncover problems. Problems, problems, problems. That's what you want to find out from your prospect during that first meeting is what kind of problems they're having. And there's a lot of different problems. There's problems in their industry. There's problems in their own business. There's problems with the insurance carrier. There's problems with the agency servicing personnel. There's problems with the producer. There's problems with the insurance marketplace. There's a whole lot of problems out there that you can be asking about. You need to find lots and lots and lots of problems during that actual appointment. You need to have specific questions already written down, sitting on a piece of paper, one that you're actually there holding in front of you, so that you can ask your prospects those questions. If you don't, let me just say this, if you don't have those questions written down in front of you, you are an amateur and you deserve not to win. You just showed up. Try to think about that from a, um, a professional basketball player. Professional basketball player who never practices, who, who doesn't really have any kind of a game plan, just shows up and let's just kind of see what happens. Or how about a pitcher on a baseball team that never practices his curveball or his fastball, and just kind of shows up and says, I'm just going to kind of throw it over there towards that catcher guy and we're going to see how this works out. Or how about a football coach? Right from the NFL, who just kind of shows up and says, You know what? We don't really need a game plan. I got a whole bunch of pros on my team here. We're just going to like stick a few guys around uh, the field and we're just going to kind of see what happens. Each of those people obviously would make fools of themselves and they would get fired in the same way, or at least in a similar way. If you show up to the place of business, sitting down with a business owner who has decided to give you an hour of his or her life, to talk about something that is not really interesting to them, that they don't like, that causes frustration. It's called insurance, by the way. They don't want to talk about insurance, but if they're going to give you an hour of their life, you best come prepared. And when you're sitting down with that prospect, 
You need to be asking penetrating questions that uncover problems. Do not start talking about how good things are. Uh, You're not helping yourself. We're not trying to find out the good things that are out there. We need to find out problems, 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 because when you finally get to the end of the meeting where you go through your timeline of services and you begin highlighting the solutions to the problems that you uncovered, you're going to be in a very strong position. You're going to be in a strong position in that insured's mind so that if you ask for the broker of record at that time, having done the important work first, you're much more likely to get a yes you're much more likely to be awarded the business. And so we have to uncover problems. So you ask the types of questions that you need to, such as when the insurance, uh, when your incumbent agent shows up with their quotes, are they showing up, you know, a day or two beforehand or are they showing up 10 days beforehand, right? You need to ask those types of questions. I'm going to tell you how to ask those questions in a future episode because you need to do it this way. You need to First, display the question in a way that highlights the superiority of your service, and then you switch the question and ask them when their agent actually does that service, what has been your experience, right? So I mentioned that, you know, does your, does your incumbent producer just show up, you know, a day or two beforehand? No, I would probably ask it this way. You know, one of the ways that I actually show a lot of value to my clients is that I gather all of the quotes from the carriers and I typically am going to show up here at your office about 10 days to 14 days before your renewal date with all the quotes in hand. And so I'm going to have them side by side in an Excel spreadsheet so we can actually see which carriers offering what services, what rates and so forth, what their terms are so that we can make an, a very good decision on which insurance carrier you want to go with. And one of the reasons why I do this is because then once we decide which insurance carrier you want to go with, I actually then go back to that insurance carrier and I will renegotiate on your behalf. I will even drive down the cost from that underwriter even more so that you are going to be, in essence, guaranteed the absolute best price you could possibly get from that particular insurance carrier. And so I know how important it is to show up that much in advance with the quotes because it significantly lowers the insurance costs for my clients. And I would say that on average, that results in about an 11% decrease in the overall insurance policies for my clients when I do it that way. And so my question for you, Mr. Insured, is that when your insurance agent shows up with their quotes significantly in advance of the policy renewal, and when they go back then and renegotiate on your behalf, what has been your experience? Ask it that way. Ask every single probing question that way. Initially, you highlight the superiority of your service, and then you turn it around with kind of the expectation that the incumbent insurance agent is doing that, okay? That's what we're trying to do, because you're not trying to drag your competition under the bus. That is bad. It's unethical. It's rude. It just shows that you're not a very nice person, so don't ever do that. Nobody likes that. It never looks good on you when you try to drag your competition under the bus. And so what we have to do is we have to get the insured to realize that, well, my agent's a bum. My agent hasn't been doing a good job, apparently, because, again, remember, they have the insurance mentality of about a four-year-old. They've only been serviced by that particular agent at least for one year, maybe more than that. And so they really don't know what service elsewhere looks like. So we have to paint them a picture. We paint them a picture based upon what our superior service looks like, and then we turn it around with with the expectation that their agent is doing something similar. Our hope is that the agent isn't doing anything similar to that. 
so that the insured then says or comes to their own conclusion, my agent isn't doing that for me. Why isn't my agent doing that for me? My agent is a bum. That's what we want to have happen with every single penetrating question that we ask because we need to uncover problems. Problems, problems, problems. When you uncover problems from your prospect, then you're going to have your solutions already dialed in in your timeline of services. This is why it's so important to be micro-niched. Can't wait to start talking about micro-niching in the very near future here. But when you are really dialed in to your particular niche, you're already going to have the solutions to the main problems that you know are happening in that particular industry. And so that when you finally get to the end of the conversation, having talked about so many problems, and now you're highlighting your timeline of services, they're going to see you as an absolute genius. The obvious choice of which agent to do business with. That is a beautiful thing. A beautiful thing. I sure hope you can, you can figure that one out. A beautiful, beautiful thing. When you go through that process, you find the pains, you uncover the problems, you then present your timeline of services, they see you as the obvious choice. Once that happens, once they see that you are the right person to have as the insurance agent, that's then where we start making the transition to asking for the business. And so... Do you ask for the broker of record letter during that first appointment? I sure think so. Because what you're trying to do at every single point of communication, whether it is a sit-down face-to-face, a telephone call, an email, social media, walk-in, networking event, whatever it is, every single point of communication is about positioning. Positioning, positioning, positioning. You are always trying to position yourself better. Every point of communication either strengthens or weakens the relationship with your prospect. You are either gaining ground or you are losing ground. And so we're trying to gain ground here. We're trying to be wise. We're trying to be smart. So when we ask for the business, when you ask for the signed broker of record letter, if they tell you yes, you're a winner. You got a trophy. Right? You get that signed broker record letter, you hold it up because that's a trophy. You just got a new client. But if they tell you no, you have sure learned a lot because you have gone through everything. You have uncovered all the major problems that they have. You have, you have pulled the Band-Aid off of all of their aches. You have shown to them that their agent really hasn't been servicing them very well. You have allowed them to come to that conclusion themselves. They have verbally even told you that, no, my agent's not doing that. And then you've even gone a uh, hundred steps further. You've actually presented a timeline of services that is micro-niche based for their industry. You have something that has um, a timeline of services specific for the mobile medical transportation industry. It has a picture of a mobile medical transportation company. It has mobile medical transportation timeline of services at the top. All of the words on it are specific for their industry. And the services are there, and they're amazing. They're exactly what they want to see. Workers' compensation claims management services specific to the mobile medical transportation industry. We have a loss control program that is specifically sculpted for the mobile medical transportation industry. We do safety training specific for the employees at mobile medical transportation companies, which are going to significantly reduce the neck and back injuries. It is not general. It is very specific to your industry. When you go through your timeline of services and you wow them, 
with all the problems they've had and all now the significant value that your agency has to offer, if you then ask for the broker of record letter on the current policies and or any specific insurance carriers that you want to represent in the marketplace going forward, if they look you in the eye and say, no, I'm not going to do that, I don't know what else you can do. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's, let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, requiring, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified. I mean, frankly, if you've done everything, if you've done a very good job uncovering all the pains and you have answered every single solution to the problems they've had, and if they still say no, man, you have learned a lot. It is so unlikely I would go forward in the quoting relationship at that point. I'm not saying you might not go through the quoting process. I'm just saying, wow, you have sure learned a lot. And that's why you should ask for the broker of record letter in the very first appointment with your prospect. Even if they don't give it to you, you have learned so much. Careful. Be careful, though. Do not ask for the broker of record letter before you do that important work. It is rude, un unprofessional, and so forth. And if they tell you no, you should be told no. You should be escorted out of the office. But if you do it right and they tell you no, you have learned everything. You have now begun to understand how really significant the relationship is that the incumbent agent has with that prospect. Look, remember I told you that even those 15% or so of insurance buyers out there who are absolutely married to their insurance agent, they will never do business with you? I, I told you in that last episode, and I'll tell you again, they'll still meet with you. They will meet with you. They want to find out information. They want to find out what's going on in the insurance marketplace. Certainly, maybe they've heard that um, the auto premiums for business auto are just jumping through the roof and that it is very impossible right now to get capacity on uh, large umbrellas or uh, excess liability. Maybe they're just hearing that workers' compensation rates are now starting to go up or whatever it is. They're just trying to gain intel and then they're going to give that information to their current agent. And so you need to be able to pre-qualify this account. Do not go through the quoting process on someone who does not know you, like you, or trust you. Do not go through the quoting process with someone who does not trust you. 
And nothing says that you have my permission or my trust like a signed broker of record letter. Just telling you. I mean, if somebody signs the broker of record letter, they have obviously trusted you. They're seeing something that you have provided to them that they absolutely want. But again, if they tell you no after you ask, I'm just trying to remind you, you have learned so much in that relationship. Now, with that said, there's also ha- there has to be a parenthesis around this because there's a lot of insurance buyers out there who are just maybe different than you are, right? We're all humans. We're all individual humans. We all come to our own conclusions in different ways. And just because they say no on the first meeting doesn't mean they'll say no on the second. I'm not saying that you, if you ask for the broker of record letter and they say no, I'm not saying that you sever the relationship. I'm not saying that you don't go to the next step. I'm just telling you that you have learned a lot about where you're at in the, in the process right now and how strong of a relationship the incumbent agent has. What I am saying is that that is going to help you understand what you need to do to go to the next step. Because look, many insurance agents, when they meet with their prospects, they don't even actually go through this entire process. I hope that's not you. If it is you, stop it. Stop that nonsense right now. Start asking those probing questions to uncover the problems. Start providing your solutions. Start asking for the broker of record letter because, look, you might get awarded it, but even if you don't, it tells you a lot. You learn so much about it because, look, how long does it take you to go through the entire process of quoting from start to finish when you're meeting with a prospect? I want you just to think about that for a minute. When you set an appointment, from that moment up until the very end, when you go through your proposal and they either tell you yes or no at the very end, how much time do you think it takes for you to actually go through a quoting process? There's a lot of variables that come into play, such as how far away the insured is that you're driving. Let's say you know they, they're an hour away from your office. Okay, well, if you have to drive to their office, that's an hour. You drive back, that's an hour. Whenever you present your proposal, that's another hour there. That's another hour back. If you're doing it right, you're probably going to meet with them at least one more time in between. So that's another hour there and another hour back. That's six hours just in drive time, along with the time in which you're actually meeting with them. So if you meet with them each for one hour for the first prospecting meeting, for the second prospect meeting, and then for the proposal, that's another three hours. That's nine hours so far. We haven't even talked about all the things you have to do to gather the loss runs, to sit down and start putting apps together, filling out supplementals and talking to underwriters and putting all in a nice glossy proposal and all the kind of stuff that you have to do, let alone your servicing team's time. How much time does it take for them to actually do this? How much time for the underwriters? How many different people from loss control, right? So just think about all the hours that are spent in the quoting process, but just push aside the servicing staff for a minute. Just put aside the underwriters, put aside the loss control people, just put aside the prospects. Let's just talk about you. How much of your life are you willing to give up? How much of your life are you willing to throw away to someone who doesn't trust you? Why would you do that? That's why I say stop quoting insurance renewals for non-clients. Look, I tell you that the average insurance agent has been telling me that it's usually around 10 hours or so. I mean, depending upon what type of an account, how big it is, you know, how much in depth they get. Sometimes it's 15, 20 hours that you're spending on account. You know, if it's just real close and you're not going to meet with them, it could be three, four hours, whatever it is. I would just say that a typical decent account, you know, that's not necessarily down the street, is probably going to take you about 10 hours from start to finish. Okay. 
If you work on four different accounts in a month, that is a full week of your life. But let's just talk about one account. One account, 10 hours of your life you will never get back. 10 hours of your life you will waste if you go through the quoting process. Okay, If you go through the quoting process and they don't do business with you. Okay, Now think about it even further. For those of you who have been in the insurance business for a number of years, or however long you've been in the business. I want you just to kind of like mentally add up how many times you have quoted on something and did not win. How many times did you quote on stuff and didn't win? How many prospects out there did you go through the process and just didn't win? Throw out a number. Come up with a number. Multiply it by 10, 10 hours. That's how much of your life you waste going through a quoting process and not winning. That is a significant number of hours. Look, I'm not very good with math. I'm terrible with math. Uh, but if you, uh, over the course of your life, let's just say, you know, somebody who's been in the business, I don't know, you know, seven years, goes and quotes on 50 different accounts and uh, 50 accounts that they didn't get, at 10 hours a pop, 500 hours, 500 hours of your life. You will never get back. Imagine what you could have done with those 500 hours in regards to prospecting and meeting with different insurance buyers who did want to sign your broker of record letter. What if you just stopped going through that entire process with those who weren't interested and you did just continue to prospect to find companies that just weren't happy? You go through the same process of uncovering the problems and the pains. You present your solutions. You ask for the business and they say yes. What if... Out of those 50, those 500 hours you saved, how many clients could you have actually gotten instead if you would have just done what I've told you? you know, and not only that, but how about the joy? I mean, who likes going through all that process and then you issue your, your proposal, right? And the insurer's like, hey, this is great. I'm going to get right back to you. And then Thursday goes by and Friday goes by. You still haven't heard anything. You're calling. You're leaving voice messages for him. Hey, Bob, you know, I'm just you know, calling you to contact you about uh, this quote that I've got out there. You know, your insurance policy is coming up for renewal here on Saturday is the renewal date. We really need to get this done. And then you, you hang up. You send another email and just they ghost you. They ghost you on all Saturday, and you're worried about it. You're thinking about it. And then on Sunday, you're like, oh, man, this isn't looking good. And then on Monday at 8 a.m., you hurry up, you get to the office, you call them first thing, 8 a.m., and like, hey, Bob, you know, I just I need to know what's going on here. Oh, you know, uh, you know I really appreciate everything you did for us, Jimmy, but uh, we're going to actually just stay with our current agent. Uh, you know, they actually offered a pretty good quote, and so we're just going to stay with there this year. But you know what? Please give me a call next year. You know, we liked what you did. We thought that you, you did a really good quote and a really good proposal and uh, you know we'd like to give you another shot next year yeah how many times does that happen in your life that's no fun that'll rob your joy why not save all those hours why not save all that frustration why not just continue to be happier and joyful in the insurance business and ask a probing question at the end of your meeting can i please have your signature on a broker of record letter will you Assign those policies over to me. If you ask that question, you will learn everything you need to know. I'm telling you, it can absolutely change and revolutionize your entire insurance career. Are you a professional or are you an amateur? I can hire anybody with an insurance license and pay them 15 bucks an hour to sit around and offer quotes. 
I can do that all day long. Any insurance agency owner out there can hire an inside salesperson, any kind of an insurance person that's got an, a valid insurance license and just you know do some prospecting, meet with somebody, go through a quoting process. Anybody can do that. But you know what? The millionaire insurance producers, they don't play that game. They don't play that game. They don't play the quoting game because they know how valuable their time is. They know how valuable their team's time is. I know of some insurance agents out there that have a $5 million book of business themselves. That means that on an annual basis, their clients bring in $5 million of revenue, commission and broker fees. $5 million book of business before they're split. You know, if they're getting paid, you know, a 25% split, 25% of 5 million, you know, they're making well over a million dollars a year. One point, uh, 250,000, I think, is the actual math on that. That's how much they make a year being an insurance agent. There's some who've got a $7 million book of business. And depending upon what types of industries you go after, look, you can have a $3 million book of business. There's so many of them that have three. I know of like hundreds of insurance agents with a $2 million book of business. With a million-dollar book of business, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter what your book is. Whatever you want to build is your business. I'm just telling you that the pros, the ones who actually are very successful, the ones who do create a million-dollar or more book of business, they don't play a quoting game. They ask for what they want. They ask for the carriers they want to represent. They do not go to step two in the process of offering quotes if they are not given the carriers that they want to have access to. Just telling you, there's a significant difference between those agents who throw mud against the wall to see what sticks versus those who don't. And I want to tell you that if you do not ask for broker of record letters, I don't care whatever else you think, you're throwing mud against the wall to see what sticks. Say, but Charles, what does that mean? What do you mean throw mud against the wall to see what sticks? All right, here's what I mean. You meet with your prospect. You gather the loss runs. You sit around in your office with your team, and you're putting together submissions. You're filling out applications. You do all of that, right? You're putting together claim summaries and narrative operations, and you're gathering everything in your submission. Then you just go out and you blanket the marketplace. You go to the carriers you want. And then, lo and behold, you start seeing, oh, there's already been a, um, a submission on this particular insurance carrier, so you're blocked there. Oh, you're blocked over here as well. Oh, yep, you're blocked at these other three markets. You know what you just did? You threw mud against the wall to see what sticks. That's an amateur. That's an amateur move. How much time did you just waste doing all of that when you could have just said, you know what, all of these problems that we just talked about and the solutions that I have here, we can handle, we can give you the solution to each of those problems with one signature on a signed broker of record letter. Just telling you. You ask for the business. Hashtag ask for the sale. That's what millionaire insurance producers do. If you're not doing it yet, I encourage you to do so. It doesn't mean that you're going to do it on every single account. But when you ask for the broker of record letter during the very first appointment with your prospect, you will have gained so much intel. It's going to tell you what you need to do going forward to better position yourself. Because again, remember, everything is about positioning positioning. If you ask for the broker of record letter and they say yes and they sign it, you sure know where you're at in regards to your position right now. If you ask for the broker of record letter and they tell you no, you are sure now where your position is. And you also know about the position of the incumbent agent. And wow, they are very firm in that relationship. You learn so much. And so I encourage you, 
to actually push yourself. I'm not saying that it's easy to ask for the business. It is sometimes difficult. It can be a little bit stressful, but you're a pro. You're an insurance agent. You're out there. This is your career. You're, you need to be a tiger. You need to be fierce. You need to be asking for the business. Not rude. Not rude. Very tactical. Very kind. Very generous. But also very direct. Very clear. What do you want? I want to represent you in the marketplace. I want you to sign the broker of record letter. I want you to tell me yes. My name is Charles Specht. I'm the CEO of Permission Network Insurance Agency, where I teach insurance producers how to build a $1 million or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast.